All right, my friends, welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to all who are listening, to all who are watching on YouTube. Welcome to the Daniel Teachers Experience, episode number 28. My dear friends, we got a bunch of good stuff to cover. Uh, first off, I just want to say, if you're watching this on YouTube, yes, we are back out here again. Or you can imagine I have awesome editing skills to make it look like I'm outside. If you're listening to this through Apple iTunes, Spotify, and all the other good stuff, thank you very, very much. There's a bunch of things that we're going to address today. One of the big ones is goals. So with goals, there's normally two ways that you can look at them. There's the one philosophy that says, well, if you put your goals really, really high, right? You, you say, I want to get 100% in everything. Naturally, you're not going to. But even if you don't hit 100%, you might hit 90%. And that's still going to improve your average overall. On the other side of the philosophy, there are people who say, listen, man, aim your goals so stupendously low that you will hit them, you will boost your self-esteem, and the next time, do it a little bit higher and a little bit higher. Uh, a psychologist is much more likely, you know, if you're afraid of spiders, he's not going to throw a spider at you, right? He's going to slowly increase the, the intensity of it. He's going to show you a picture of a spider. Then he's going to make you think about a spider. Then he might put a movie on about a spider. Then he might bring a spider into the corner of the room. So he's slowly bringing it up because it's not from going to one to 10, but it's going from one to two, from two to four, from two, four to six, from six to six and a half. So it's gradually bringing it up. And I was curious, you know, what is your go-to when it comes to goals? Is your philosophy like, well, I'll aim really, really high. And even though I might not achieve it, even though it might be unreachable, you know, maybe I'll just get below it. Or I'll aim so ridiculously low, I'm bound to get it and I'm bound to move forward. Now, me personally, I'm a big fan of both. Both, and I think context is so, so, so important. And the reason I say that is because I remember back in high school, there was a point where I think it was grade, I want to say 11, grade 11, I'm around 17 years old. And I remember vividly going to social studies class for whatever reason. And in my head, I was like, okay, I can at least get a 75% in this class. And for whatever reason, I just caught myself, well, wait a minute, 75? Wait, why am I thinking about my minimum grade? Why don't I think about what I could achieve? Why, why can't I think about, why can't I get 100%? Am I dumber than everyone in here? No. Am I lazier than everyone in here? No. And now listen, and then I brought practicality to it. I said, listen, even if I'm not the most smartest guy, that is okay. But I can be the most hardworking. I can't, if I'm not the most talented, that's okay. But I can be the hardest working guy. I can't show up to practice one hour early. You, you don't need, that's not genetics. Being reliable is not genetics. Putting in hard work, that's not a genetic thing. Being responsible is not something that takes skill. So what happens was I was like, you know what? Why can't I get 100% in all my classes? In every class I'm taking this semester and next semester, you know, the four classes or five classes a semester combined, why can I not get 100% A plus in all of them? Now, mind you, I was a person who, I, I didn't have horrible grades, but they, they weren't amazing either. We're talking uh, 60%, 70%, like my high would be like an 80%, like, whoa, like Daniel, unless it was acting, then it was 98, 99. <laughs> That's a different story. Anyway, so I was like, okay, I want to get 100%. And I was like, I can do it. And I really sincerely believe that I could. You know, I said, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I can outwork people. I will work harder than them. And, and I was thriving on that. And basically, the end of the semester hits. And how many of my classes do you think I got 100% in? Granted, mind you, my average is around 68 to maybe 72, 73. Zero. So my immediate thought was, damn, I didn't get 100%. But I realized that I had increased my average of about 70% to 90%. So even though I hadn't gotten 100%, when I looked over my classes, 89%, 95%, 94%, 90%. Where the worst grade, I'd get an 86% and I'd say, oh man, like I really dropped the ball on that one, like 86, you know, that sucks. 
not realizing that it's like, yeah, 86 compared to 100 sucks, but 86 compared to 70, that's now a 16% increase. So I feel as if, you know, whenever you're thinking about goals and, and kind of where to put them, right, and how to move forward, it's really important that you, that you realize, you know, where have you come from? And even though you didn't hit that 100%, you know, you're right, it's not that pure joy because you didn't accomplish the goal, but maybe that's a good thing. Maybe there's a worry, you know, with this philosophy that if you did accomplish the goal, if you did satisfy yourself, you take your foot off the pedal. Right now in life, I am extremely happy. I am extremely happy, 10 out of 10, but I'm not satisfied. Because if I was satisfied, I wouldn't work any harder. If I was satisfied with my body, I wouldn't exercise anymore. I'm happy with my body, but I'm not satisfied. Right? And with this sort of a mentality, you just you want to go out there, right? You want to do more, and it keeps you hungry. And even though you don't achieve that, you know, when you take a step back and look at the bigger picture, you are moving forward. Now, again, the other side of the philosophy is, hey, listen, put your goals so stupidly low that you have to get them. You've never worked out before in your life. Tell yourself, okay, I got to do five push-ups every day. Five. You know, if even that's with three. Three push-ups every day. Is that a crazy goal? How, you know, if anyone who knows push-ups, man, it might take you four seconds, three seconds to do three push-ups, a second, of, like that's, that's super easy. You can nail that. And after a week, say, okay, now I'm going to do seven push-ups a day. After another week, I'm now going to do 10 push-ups a day. And now you can incrementally bring it up. And what's this, what's going to happen is naturally when you accomplish a goal, when you say, I'm going to do that, and then you proceed to do that, now you have a boost in your self-esteem. Now there's some, uh, this neuro association, these, these parts of your brain that form together and go, you know what? He said this and this happened. It came true. So now if he's saying he's going to do 20 push-ups today, there's a chance it's going to happen. And, and your body wants to make it happen. Your brain, your mind is going to come together to make sure that you accomplish that goal. Why? Because it looks back at those other cases and it sees, okay, these all happen. Chances are this one can probably happen. And then you go for it. So both are really good, my friends. I think, you know, it just, it comes down to, you know, what do you prefer? And, you know, why not switch? Why not do one and then do another and kind of just go back and forth depending on your own tempo, depending on, you know, whatever uh, floats your goat as my old a comparative civilizations teacher used to say whatever floats your goat my good friends for the people who know me for the people who follow me on instagram and all that other good stuff you know that currently i'm reading 12 rules for life by dr jordan peterson now one of the most fascinating things that i've come across that i would love to share with you is this idea of you know if we're talking about how we treat ourselves dr peterson says we are bad employees but worse bosses and what he means by that is listen if you think about the way that you talk to yourself, when you spill something, when you spill food, is your first thought, man, I'm an idiot? Or is your first thought, oh, well, whatever, it happens. When you're organizing your day about you know, what you wanna do and what you don't wanna do, are you more likely to think about, well, listen, these are the things I want to do, so I'm gonna do them. Or these are the things I have to do, so I'm gonna do them. Or do you do a balance of, of both? In another sense, are you a tyrant? Or are you, are you a good boss? Because a tyrant will only say, okay, I have to wake up at 6 a.m. I have to eat my veggies. I can never go out for fast food. I got to do X, Y, and Z, right? And the problem with a tyrant is, man, you hate working for yourself. That's why so many people, when they set up quote-unquote goals or quote-unquote resolutions from a psychology aspect, it just doesn't make sense. Because you're acting like a tyrant. Well, what's an employee going to do when he's not getting any benefits? He's not getting any rewards. He's not getting any vacation time. He's going to leave and quit. So then you sit there surprised. You're going, I don't understand. You know, I'm such a failure. I didn't work out for six hours today. Like, oh. Did you do it yesterday? Like, yeah. Well, what was your reward? Right? And, and whole Dr. Dr. Peterson's whole message behind it is like, listen, man, you know, when you wake up in the morning, think to yourself, okay, you know, what can I do throughout the day that will make my day a little bit better before I go to sleep tonight? Right? What can I do just a tiny bit better? 
right? And you, you can see, you know, going back to the earlier discussion of the philosophy where you just want to increase your goal just a little bit, just a tiny bit. Because, you know, your tiny thing might be like, you know what, I got to clean up my room. I haven't cleaned it up in a while. Or your tiny thing might be like, hey, you know what, I, I have to water the plants. I have to, you know, send that email that I've been postponing. So, you know, what is a little thing that you could do that could boost your day? And furthermore, what is a reward that you could give to yourself? So if you're saying, you know what, what if I work out four times a week, have an amazing time, and maybe on the weekend, if I'm craving a burger, heck yeah, I could have a burger with fries, you know, and an extra large milkshake. Why? Because I'm working hard four, if not five days of the week. And when you do that, when you come into this, this mutual relationship with yourself, right, where, because, you know, I feel like some people fall into this bad habit of they go on the extremes where some people are only thinking short term, you know, hookup culture, drugs, alcohol, whatever it is, right, you, you just do it to be in the moment because you want short-term pleasure and you're gonna get long-term pain. I would argue I have fallen into the latter, the second point where everything that you do is for long-term. You go, I have to read, why? Because it's good for my future. I have to work out, why? Because you know, I'm gonna get abs someday. I have to do this because this is gonna happen. But the problem is, if you're only doing long-term, you're gonna, it's, it's just, it won't be fun in the short-term. And there's something about it not being fun that makes it so much harder to do. That's why I'm so against people doing something that they do not find fun. Because here's my thing. What you do has to be fun, in my opinion. If it's not fun, it has to have the intention of I'm doing this for a long-term sacrifice. Let's say, you know, I'm going to school. I don't love it. I like it, but I know I'm going to love my job. So you see that? So now we're sacrificing short-term for long-term. That makes sense. And then on the side, for the short-term reward, you go to parties once every two weeks. You see what I mean? You see how, you know, you, you're thinking about long-term. You're thinking about sacrificing. But on the other hand, you also want to make it fun. Right? So for me, you know, I, I'm trying to work out three, if not four times a week. And that's more thinking of long term. And then when I think of short term, sure, you know, I'll, uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll, Saturdays and Sundays, I'll just eat whatever I want. Anything from crackers, burgers, pizza, whatever. And then again, Monday through Friday, it's being more careful having salads, no pop, that stuff. So it's, it's a balance, you know. So it's, you know, you happily won't have a burger on a Monday because you're thinking about your long term. And then on Saturday night, you're not going to say, oh, sorry, guys, I want to die. No, man, yeah. Can I get extra bacon on that burger, please? Like, that's, you know what I mean? And anyways, that's just what's worked for me, right? When now I'm doing the best of both. I'm, you know, thinking about long-term and short-term. And it's just you're happier. You're knocking down your goals and you're happier. I wish I could be a tyrant. You know, you might be able to. I wish. I tried it, believe it or not. I tried it for a very, very long time. I would wake up at 6 in the morning, work out, smoothie, milkshake, make five to 10 YouTube videos, man, you name it, I did it. The problem is when you act like a tyrant to yourself, eventually you're just going to get tired, right? You're going to get tired. It's not going to be fun anymore. And you're going to realize, you know, you're going to start doubting yourself. You're going to think about, well, what are the things that I really have to do in life that are important to me? And what are the things that, that, you know, I don't really have to do? You know, who cares if I don't read today? Maybe I can read tomorrow. You know, and there's a part of you that, that if you're like me, that'll say, no, man, you got to be disciplined. You got to be dedicated. You got to be ambitious. But the problem is you never want to push yourself to burnout, right? Because what happens is you want it and, and you want it so much and it's good. You, you know, your heart's in the right place. You want the best for yourself. You want to work out. You want to see your friends. You want to eat healthy. But eventually you just get to a place where it's like, you know, it's not fun anymore. And the thing that sucks is that when it's not fun anymore, the, the rationale goes out the window. Your emotions are like, this isn't fun. This sucks. I'm tired. I have a headache. And you drop everything. And when you drop everything, then you start feeling guilty. Why did I drop everything? Rather than taking a step back and being like, you know what, man? Maybe doing 200 push-ups a day was a, was a garbage goal. Maybe it's not I'm lazy. Maybe it was a, a, a horrible goal. You know, I think this brilliantly ties into my, my next topic about ownership. 
Now, I've talked about ownership before, you know, when, you know, I always paint this picture. And this is something I got from Jocko Willing. You should totally check out his podcast, um, the Jocko Willing podcast, if I'm not mistaken. And he said this. He said, well, let's say you and a friend are meeting at five, right? And you show up late. Whose fault is that? Is that traffic's fault? Oh, there was traffic. You know, is that, oh, there was a person driving really slow in front of me? Or could you have left the house earlier? You know, whose fault is that? I was thinking about trust recently. I was thinking about trusting people and, and relying on people. It's something that happens, unfortunately, to too many people is you put your trust in someone. You rely on someone for something. And for whatever reason, it just, it doesn't work, right? They, they quote unquote, stab you on the back or there's a betrayal or they're not who you thought they were. And the problem really arises, you know, it's, it, first of all, it's, I think the biggest thing that hurts is because you have a certain image for someone. And then when they do that, when they turn their back on you, right, whether they talk behind your back or they, they just, they show their true personality or they pick something in front of you, right? They do something that is totally out of character. You're like, wow. And I think the reason why it hurts is actually not because of what they did to you, but because it's what your perception of them was and now what it's turned into. My friends, if you get bitten by a snake, who do you blame? The snake that bit you or yourself for trying to pet it? If I'm ever in a situation where someone betrays my trust, man, betrays my trust could be as, as small as me and someone are going to work on a project together, right? And I show up and he hasn't done anything or he just completely messes up or slacked off. We hand it in and we get 50%. And that's only because of the 50% that I actually did. Whose fault is that? Many people might say, Daniel, it's your partner's fault. You do your job, you do your thing. That was on him. I would disagree. I would take full 100% ownership for that. And the reason was, it's not your fault, it's mine. It's my judgment. It's my mischaracterization of you when I picked you to be my partner. It's my fault. I misjudged. I thought you were someone else. Thus, I put my faith in your hands and that's what you did with it. That's not, that's not your problem. You're a snake. You bit me. That's what snakes do. It's my problem for trying to pet you. It's my problem for thinking that you were a cat or a dog. You see what I mean? Now you say, well, Dana, why would you openly take... Because my friends, when you take responsibility, that's how you can grow. That's how you can become better. The moment you say, no, it wasn't my fault. He was this. He was that. Sure. Let's say it was, it was his, his fault. It was equally, man, my fault. Why did I approach him as a partner? Why didn't I approach anyone else? Or maybe he approached me. Well, did I have to say yes? Was someone holding a gun to my head saying, you know, you have to, or what, it was impolite to say no? No, it would not be. There's impoliteness and then there's, there's, you're just, you're not thinking clearly. And in my opinion, it's, you know, whenever you're in those uh, situations where you feel like someone has, has misused your trust, I'm not saying beat yourself up over it, but really take a step back and be like, okay, now I've learned a lesson. And really, again, if you're taking my philosophy, okay, I am to blame. I have to really think through before I'm going to put my trust in someone else's hands again. And that was my fault. I misjudged you. I got to take a step back and go, at what point did I deem you as a reliable person to put this in your hands? What was it that tricked me? You know, or what was it that, that just, that, that made me think that you could be trustworthy of this? And like any other sports team, we'd go back to the drawing board. Think about that and go, okay, that's what happened. I'm going to make sure that I look out for these red, red flags and we'll see what happens in the future. And we will actively work to prevent that from happening again. Because my friends, when you, when you also, when you take ownership, now in my opinion, there's less chances of it happening again in the future. Because when you say, hey, that was my mistake, it's like, well, now who has to fix it? You, my friends, you have to fix it. But if you say, hey, no, it wasn't my fault. That person was just untrustworthy. That person was just untrustworthy. Everybody abuses my trust. You know, at some point, you just got to ask, man, who are you giving your trust to?
And I know it sounds like, Daniel, why are you attacking the victim? You know, again, again, it's just, this is just my philosophy. This is just what I go with. And it's worked well for me. So I just want to share, share it out there. Not for you to agree, not for you to disagree, but just for you to understand. To think of it from your perspective. How do you deal with things? What do you do when you place your trust in someone and someone actively betrays you? Who, who do you go to blame? You know? And um, I think, you know, when, when you begin taking responsibility for your life, now, reasonable responsibility, right? I'm not saying, you know, something, you know, COVID-19 broke out and you're taking responsibility. You know, like, not, not like that, right? But, but, you know, or like all those, like, weird responsibilities where it's like, oh, it should have been me, you know, so-and-so passed away. Like, I mean, the, it can get dangerous, too, when you start taking responsibility to a, an irrational amount. So it really is just moderation. But I think I, myself, am tilted a little bit more to taking ownership. Why? Because I'm more in control, and thus I can learn and grow some more. My friends, I want to tell you something that I think is going to really, really, really put you in a good mood. You ready for this? You're going to win. In life, you are going to win. If you put in the work, if you put in the time, life in the column of your journal book or your notebook or whatever will have a W beside it. Do you know why? Here's why. I am a huge believer. Listen, I know I talk about destination, reaching your hopes and dreams, X, Y, Z. But my friends, I sincerely believe that the beauty of life is the struggle. The beauty of life is the journey, right? You get to the destination, that's great. And it has a feel-good moment at the end of the movie when it happens. But it only feels as good as the journey it it took to take there. If you could get a six-pack after doing 10 sit-ups, having a six-pack wouldn't feel nearly as nice as putting in hours upon hours days, weeks, months, even years of time for working out. That's what makes it feel that much better, right? So in life, you know, when you reach destination, the heart, it has to be a perfect challenge where it's not too hard, but it's not too boring. It just makes you feel like you did not struggle, but you were challenged. That's a huge important uh, uh, difference in the two. You did not struggle, but you were challenged. You were pushed out of your comfort zone. Thus, when you make it to the final destination, it feels that much better. Otherwise, man, if you're not challenged, if you make it to the destination, how much is the destination really worth? Right? Think about anything. Think about uh, a hike, right? If it was a small 10-minute hike, how amazing does it feel at the top as opposed to a five-hour hike? Right? I don't know if you're on Instagram, think about what someone comments and they have that verified blue check mark. You know, or they're on Twitter. If they give that to everyone over 10 followers, how would that feel? As opposed to they only give that to people who have, you know, a couple hundred thousand, a couple million, and then that person comments. Like, it's, it means something. You know what I mean? Like, it has, I feel like it has more value to it because it is harder to obtain. And because it's harder to obtain, it makes it a worthwhile goal. And because it's a worthwhile goal, it feels that much better. So what I'm trying to tell you, my friends, true happiness is not found in the destination, but it is found in the journey. It is found in the continuous journey. It is in the pursuit of something. It is in the, I don't like saying just the pursuit of happiness because I don't want you to think that, you know, happiness is, is the means to an end. Excuse me. I don't want you to think that happiness is, is the, the end goal, right? I don't want you to think that happiness is, is what you're going to find at the destination. I want you to be happy along the destination, right? Enjoy the things, like enjoy life. But yeah, my friend, so it really, it really is the journey, you know, it's the journey, it's just trying to push yourself, it's trying to, to go out there, it's trying to challenge yourself, it's trying to be better than you already were. And really, my friends, if you're putting in work, the worst thing I think that, that could possibly happen is you're 60 years old, 70 years old, and you think to yourself, you know what, I really didn't try hard enough. I really didn't put, enough, put in enough work, and I should be farther ahead than I am. 
And the reason I'm not is because of me, because I just messed around. So I think, my friends, as long as you put it now, I know you're thinking, well, Daniel, what if I put in the work? What if I have patience? What if I do this? What if I do that? But then, you know, it, it doesn't work out. I don't make it to my dreams. This is my whole life a failure. At the end of the day, my dear friends, there are many things involved to life as opposed to if you're going to make it or if you're not going to make it. Your hard work is one of them, but there are also many, many other things at play that might not be in your hands. A lot of people are born into bad circumstances, to say the least. In terms of upbringing, having guardians, people looking out for them, the environment around them. And you know what? If you don't make it, you don't make it. But I truly believe if you know, you can't lie to yourself. If you put in the work and you know that you put in the work, at the end of the day, you will be happy. You look back and you're like, no matter what happened, no matter whether I finished with the yacht or not, no matter I went traveling around the world or not, I did everything that I could at that point in time. I tried my best. And that's what you could ever ask for. You did your best with what you had. And if it wasn't enough, whatever. What are you going to do? Cry about it? Okay. Is that going to give you your yacht? Nope. Listen, I know I sound super emotionally insensitive. And maybe this is a very fun video slash podcast to listen to when I'm 70 years old. But from, from my perspective at this moment, I do believe do the best with what you can. Focus on the things that you can control and don't focus on the things that you cannot control. And at the end, when the dices have fallen, you know, when, when, when the chips are tossed, you take a step back and go, okay, did I do everything that, that I could do? And yes, you can always work harder. Yes, you can always do that. But hey, man, maybe you wanted to go out to a party every once in a while. Maybe you liked playing Xbox. That brought you sincere joy. Is that a bad thing? I do not think so. So my friends, please, with this final message, think about the journey. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy the little things. Go out for a walk, man. It is such a good time to be a human being. And um, just keep fighting because life is meant to be filled with suffering. So in the words of Jordan Peterson, let's find something to make the suffering worthwhile. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. This has been the Daniel Teachers Experience, episode number 28. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.